BioWars are still saltier inducing bullshit and I love it. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 61 of Stat Check. This is New Meta Who Dis. I am Ennis and I am joined by Jeremy as everybody else has lives or things to do or I don't know. I'm, we're, we're working with what we got here. So myself and Jeremy here this week. Uh, I am not promising anything on the connection issue side of things. Uh, my network provider Sky is currently down nationwide. So we are working off my mobile hotspot and we're going <laughs> to see how this goes. Um, I can't promise anything. If you see me suddenly disappear, or if I like my eyes turn into like dollar signs or something, it's because I've just had a pop up saying like that this has cost you four thousand pounds and you used a billion gigabytes of data. We'll see how it goes. Um, otherwise, I hope everybody's well. Jeremy, I hope you're well. We're going to get into another show this week. We're going to be talking through all of the stats. There's been a ton of cool movement on the like the, the data side of things. We see we saw some really cool things in tournaments this week. Some things that we've not seen in a while. I don't believe Eldar won a GT this week besides Charity Hammer um that wasn't real which is and jerry hammer is not a real tournament i heard like some random guy won that that's not even very good at warhammer love you ben um <laughs> um but yeah we've got a ton of stuff to get into and then after that we'll probably dive into the fair amount of usual back and forth we'll talk a bit about the meta we'll talk a bit about lgt since we've got that coming up and we'll take this we'll take the usual short questions and then what we will probably do after that is wrap the show up because there's just the two of us and i would like to not kill my kill my phone on either like the battery overheating or anything like that so we'll maybe run a little short this week but thank you very much for being with us regularly anyway with that without further ado jeremy how you doing lad it's been I'm a good well. on. it has been yeah i was off last week uh yeah just been uh just been chilling i i mentioned to the to the group a couple weeks ago that i was kind of taking september somewhat easy not really but i'm not playing events for september which is the biggest the longest break that i've had on the 40k event front in probably over two years it's not uh, a short break yeah i took um took january last year off because i was meant to do alveo and then decided not to so i went from like the start of december to the like the last weekend of january without doing a tournament and it was hell um, <laughs> yeah. it was like six weeks of that tournament i was like i don't know what to do with myself i'm just sitting there like she scratching my arm like not stopped playing 40k since covid <laughs> so this no, is what it, i've been doing i've been cleaning up sprues and rebuilding stuff that is entirely fair it's usually a good sign have you done the big um clipped everything off the sprue put it into bits boxes yet that you have to do every couple of years it is in process <laughs> and i yeah. just do ziploc baggies per army so if i'm going looking for a particular army's where the bits i can just splay it out in front of me in the bag and that way i'm just looking at what i've got in front of me yeah, it's uh, like a yeah. Three-day task once every eighteen months. I feel like I roughly spend on it nowadays. I feel like I might just buy too much Warhammer. Um, Possibly, yeah. Possibly, it it yeah. did feel really good when I got my guard done because I went from like, I don't know, a tote full of guard sprues to a Ziploc bag about this big that weighed about a half a pound. <laughs> um, oh, the one thing that did happen was, uh, I guess it would have been a week ago. Yeah, the weekend before, so the ninth and tenth. Uh, we had our local Comic Con uh, here in Ottawa, and uh, the Dragon had a booth, and they had a tournament going. So I did take a break, but I ran the event, <laughs> which meant that I just watched 16 players play 40k and answered questions by every other 
onlooker who was wondering what the hell was going on. Oh, because... you also um like won something, right? Like some some like assistant thing, or I don't know. Like I don't know what you're talking to about. The no, general no. assistant to the general something, or I don't know. You're like the second like most important man in Canada, or the third after. It's like Chris Haynes, Justin, you, or something like that now, right? <laughs> in terms of importance in like all of Canada. <laughs> uh no, like Dickie's up there. Dickie's up ahead of us. Uh, and Val as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Congratulations to Jeremy for becoming the new assistant captain of Team Canada. Uh, we look forward to work. We'll watch your career with absolutely no interest. Uh, I'd be disappointed if it was any other way. No, I look forward to getting to wind you up in captain's chat for different reasons now, as opposed to just because you're there representing Chris. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, congratulations to Jeremy. He's put a ton of work in, and he really, really has earned it. Uh, if anybody missed it as well, I'm returning as Team Scotland captain or co-captain this year, along with Matt Gibson. So we're not uh, relinquishing our grip on the the world of WC quite yet as the podcast. Uh, Typhus might even be returning to Team Poland. Who knows? Um, but yeah, yeah with he's that, still on team, team America. So, well, I mean, he's in fifty percent on Team America. Like he has to figure out if he gets through on the chart or not. Like I, I read that flow chart. And I'm gonna be honest. I can't tell what's going on anymore. And if Anthony can, I'd be very shocked. So, oh, that flow chart gave me a headache. It took me sitting in voice with Sean to understand what he was intending to do with it. I'm pretty sure what he did to do with it was confuse everybody and he did a great job because I don't know what's going on. And <laughs> I'm not part of Team America. If the only way you could understand Team America is being, being part of Team America, it's an ontological nightmare, but it's also not my problem. Um, so no, uh, props to those guys for putting through. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, with that, Jeremy, why don't you, uh, I'll talk, I suppose I should quickly talk about my week. It's weird when I have like three people to go back and forth. I've done not a ton. I played a few practice games. I went down to, went down to see Brian, played a couple games with Terranets, a couple games with Grey Knights, a couple games with Dark Angels, played a bunch this week, actually. Uh, it feels like I haven't done it. It doesn't play much 40k because I've only played like seven games this week, but I think for normal people, that's a lot of Warhammer. So, um, I don't know. My context sensors have been completely shattered by doing this full time. Um, and I have no idea how much people, normal people play anymore. I think it's maybe like a game a week or a game a month. Who knows? Um, it depends. If you listen to the show, you probably play like a game a week. If you don't listen to the show, you probably play like a game a month or two games a year. Yeah. So we're a little obsessive here. We, we might have, might have some obsessions. Yeah. I don't know if anybody had noticed, but the people who make a show about Warhammer every week play a lot of Warhammer. Uh, except Anthony, who only plays teams. Um, oh, so yeah, I just like game last night. No, you can't prove that. You can't prove that was Anthony. That that could have been his cat. Um, okay, I'm going to move on before we before I completely derail. Um, Jeremy, tell us a bit about how this week went because it was one of the most, one of the most reassuring weeks we've had on record. I know it was a small week, but it was, it gave gave us all just that little. A little spark of hope, right? I think that's fair to say. That is very fair to say. So I'm gonna open. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk through the stats, but before I talk through the details of them, I want to talk through the breakdown of what we've been looking at for the last, like, let's just say, last month. So over the last month, you know, we've been talking about like meta representation, who's been showing up to tournaments, what the breakdown of all those um factions looks like and it was one of the things where i had mentioned a couple weeks ago and i've been talking about it internally with the group uh that eldari was coming close to exceeding 
all the space marines grouped together and we have only had that happen once before in the combined stat check fight club history and that was when custodies came out about probably about a month into the new custodies book having come out and then them getting point drops um they for one week briefly passed base marines and then they got nerfed and they fell off um and we are seeing this trend where every single week space marines was trending down a little bit Eldari was trending up a little bit to the point where last week we actually had an equal number of Eldari and Space Marine players. This was the weekend prior to the prior to this, where the data slate was used by one event. Whereas this weekend we had nine events, and the data slate was used by all of them. All of them also used the new turned book, so it was perfect. It was this nice little perfect transition into a new meta. So we don't have any of those. This event played Nephilim and Crutcher, and the new Turnit go next. Correct. None of that. None of that shenanigans uh, took place. So I want to talk just about the top like five in terms of representation. So for the last month, it's been, and I'm just gonna double check to make sure I don't misspeak here because. I was looking at a lot of numbers earlier today. But basically what, what, I, what we're going to be looking at here is comparing the last five weeks to just this weekend. And I'll say this with the, with the usual caveat of there is always more to come. Like this is, this is just a, a snapshot of what we've been looking at over the last... This is functionally week one of people having a chance to think about the new meta and try stuff exactly um, like they've had a week to digest the code the data slate and be like hey what about this and there's definitely a lot of that being seen where there's a lot of well this could be interesting um so yeah so for the month leading up to the data slate space marines were in the lead they made up 15.4 percent of the meta as I was mentioning, this this share was slowly decreasing as we were going along. Eldari made up 12.6% of the meta, and they had been, like, accelerating past that. Custodes made up 8.9% of the meta. Necrons made up 7.8% of the meta, and Imperial Knights made up 6.3% of the meta. So, like, those five right there made up over half of all the players. And then the 16 factions below that made up the other half. Now, and this is again just a single weekend, uh, Marines are resurgent. They made up just over seventeen point four percent of the of the uh, factions this weekend. Necrons were in second at eight point eight percent. Aldari dropped to eight point one percent. Tyranids surged up to six point eight percent. Astra Militarum surged up to five point eight percent, and then Custodes now sixth. Uh, are still up there at 5.8%. But one of the biggest things that we saw here was we saw 34, 35% drop in Eldari representation in a single week. Good. Hell yeah. I'm so happy. Um, and Necrons, That's like the they, they moved thing. up a little bit, but not a whole lot. Tyranids, we definitely saw the bump from the new codex because they were at 4.7% from the month leading up. Now they're at 6.8%. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that number continue to grow. Um, because it's nice having a full codex with six detachments to choose from and a lot more flavor in your builds. Uh, and maybe some that work. <laughs> maybe one that uh, works. Yeah. And then on the bottom end, this is where things get kind of interesting. So on the bottom end, for the last month before the data slate, was Leagues of Oten at 1%, Admech at 1.2%, Sisters at 1.4%, Death Guard at 1.5%, and Drukari at 1.6%. So here's where things get really interesting. 
The bottom five now are Jukari at 0.8%, Admech at 0.8%. So they're both still sitting down there. World Eaters actually dipped a little bit to 1.3%. Sisters are still down there, but Gene Stealer Cults are now at 1.8%. They've been cut by more than half since before the data slate. So, yeah, that's. It's not surprising because they did get, I mean, they did get the patented triple nerf of mechanical changes, rules changes, and point changes. Good, frankly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we'll talk a little bit about the actual numbers, like in terms of like now now we're, now we've gone over, like who's showing up to play, how those people did, uh, and I'm going to do the same thing before. I'm going to go through the top five by win rate. I'm going to touch real briefly on a couple of them because I don't think that they actually are meaningful. Uh, World Eaters and Sisters both had only five players and they both had a 60% win rate, but that's 25 games per faction. It's just not like... <laughs> I got a message from someone that's saying his World Eater Discord was panicking over the 60% that showed up on the uh, <laughs> on the dashboard. It's like, yes, but it's five players. That's why we show how many games. It's not something to look at right now. Um, both of those factions but managed Sisters and World Eaters four. are busted, broken. Sisters and World Eaters are busted, broken. Get them in the ground. Um, personally, I think Arcoflagellant, 13 must be a mistake. 31 points a model, sorted. And Angron only comes back on a triple seven. And like... <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, in terms of the factions that like matter, so to speak... Anyone, basically, I'm going to take the same uh, prescription that Nathan does. Anyone who has 10 or more players, the numbers start to mean a little bit more. Uh, again, grain of salt. Things are Sorry, moving. Sorry, we don't track team events, man. You don't count. You're not even here. Yeah, it's true. We do not track team events. Team events are special snowflakes. They are the coolest way to play the game and the most fun way to play the game. Irrelevant for stats perspective because they don't tell you anything about pairings. Like... Exactly. Uh, that would be lovely, but no. Uh, because obviously Drakari would not have had a 46.7% win rate this weekend if we included Skari. Uh, but anyways, so World Leaders and, 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 and Sisters, they're in the top 60%. But let's talk about the two factions, the three factions that actually have me, I don't want to say concerned, but are starting to raise flags. Worth paying attention to. Yes, worth paying attention to over the next three weeks, especially coming into LGT, which is what, in two weeks now? Or a week and a half away? Uh, yeah, I, I leave like a week on Tuesday, or a week on Thursday. Yeah. So, so yeah, like 10 days. Yeah, so come back to the show on October 3rd, and we'll have a much better idea of where we're sitting. Um, but well, right we'll now, have a new Matt report out, so. That too. Um, will we include LGT in that one? No, it'll be in the September. It'll be in the September Matt report. Ah, okay. Anyways, so at the top of these, 18 players, 4.5% of the meta is Tau with a 59% win rate, two event wins, uh, which also make up their only two top fours, and then an additional two top tens for an over of 1.22. Um, both the events they won were on the smaller side, uh, but it is still like that win rate is a little high for my tastes i had kind of mentioned when we had done our data slate review that tau may have gotten a little overcorrected on the buff side uh, especially Look, considering I'm that sure it's not a problem that the army 
I'm sure it's not a problem that the army that literally just gives up max secondaries is still winning games consistently. Like, I'm sure that's not a problem. <laughs> like, you just spawn in, you spawn into that game with 40 on secondaries and you still ain't winning? Like, that's on you, son. <laughs> well put. Uh, next, we have Eldari. 32 players, 8.1% of the meta, 57.8% win rate, no event wins, and seven top fours for an overrep of 2.41. Well, you got to see the overrep, man. I was having a good time because they they're still slightly overperforming. But like, I will take them in the teeth again, and then they'll be fine. I won't love this number, but I will take this number over where we were for the last two months. Look again. Wait until after LGT. All the other players are saving their lists. Huh? I know all the tell the secret and deed scythe tech is being hidden. Uh, and then the third on the list of armies to watch on, Chaos Space Marines. 19 players, a 56.1% win rate, one event win, and, an, and then one additional top four, and an overrep of 1.16. Like, they're not that high, but could very well be that good this win rate, is just yeah, an indication. Yeah, it's a good win rate. Overrep isn't high, but CSMR are always one of those factions that has a high play rate regardless, really, which always pulls down that overrep a little bit. So whenever you see like CSM or CSM or Marines, wherever you see their overrep, just kind of like mentally tap an extra like 30% onto it, and you're probably pretty close to what it really would be if they were a normal faction with play rate. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like my vibe and number. It's like, the it's like a 1.5. It's high, but you know. The interesting thing is that those five, so the World Eater Sisters, Tau, Eldari, and CSM, they're the only ones that are above GW's 55% threshold. And there's only two factions that are below. Do you want to guess what they are? I would have guessed Sisters and World Eaters, but you're going to put them in one and <laughs> two on the wrong side. <laughs> um, I feel like it's going to be... Uh, are we and both of them had more than 10 players. Factions? Nope, because remember, this okay. is just Marines as, as one group. Admech actually had three players with a 53.3% win rate. Uh, Imperial Knights were actually right below CSM with 16 players and a 53.8% win rate in two top fours. Guys, guys, real talk before we continue. How are you still losing to Imperial Knights? What is going on? <laughs> what are you doing? How how are you deploying into that game and not just like immediately taking that guy out back and just being like, hey, dude, you're going to go see the rabbits now. And, like, what is... Come on, guys. Real, real talk. Like, come on. You can tell me. It's okay. I'm not going to... Like, I'm not going to be nice about it, but I un I need to understand what's going on here. How are you still losing to this army? They are genuinely terrible. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, you killed um, Space Marines. Are Space Marines just doing terribly now? That feels like a they thing that could happen. had a 48.6% win rate, and they won two events this weekend and got an additional five I did top that, yeah, I just kind of like, I just always assume Space Marines are doing And they were over it. It's above terrible. one for the first time this edition. <laughs> <laughs> what other armies suck right now? Drakari? No, we said Drakari were doing fine. 46.7%. They're in there. And Drakari won an event. Drakari did win an event. Um, I don't know. Gellerpox infected? <laughs> Chaos demons? Yeah, you were actually right with Gellerpox infected. Death Guard. <laughs> Death Guard had 18 uh, players for a 4.5% of the meta, and they had a 43% win rate and one top four. Honestly, well done on getting that top four, guys. Like, I'm proud of you, Death Guard <laughs> players. You guys deserve you guys deserve the world because that army is so cool now, and it's still just like three months away. It's just, you just gotta just keep walking four inches at a time towards December, Death Guard. Once that next balance patch hits Eldar, you're gonna be so much fun. 
Yeah, that two inches at a time when you get hit by a night spinner feels real good. Mortarian makes you immune to that. Oh, that's Put some right, respect actually. on the name. You still can't advance. Like, it's not perfect. But... I'll say the look on Brian's face where my Grandmaster Scope was immune to the Night Spinner modifier was not his favorite thing. So, uh, playing great yeah, nights. That, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty terrible. Uh, and then, I'll just, I'll just give it away now. Uh, Custodes had a 38.8% oh, win rate. Honestly, 23 oh. players made up 5.8% of the meta. So over 100 games played. And they lost over 60 of them. So happy the custodies just suck now because they're <laughs> never bad and they always the most miserable to play into. The best part like of this is I don't think custodies are actually that bad. I don't think they are. I think they're pretty good, but they sure are miserable play, miserable bastards when their army is not an 85% winner faction. So, yep. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, in terms of other notable. Bits. I already went over that Marines won two events. Thousand Suns won an event. They also had a 49% win rate and a 1.5 overrep, like that perfect position to be in with 21 players. So um, 1.5 overrep, like it's perfect. Like that's not 1.05. 1.05, sorry. <laughs> Nathan doesn't even take a complaint about custodies, but I'm here to do it for him, so it's okay. <laughs> Rest assured, uh, custodies will not and, go uncomplained about. And I just want to share this because uh the day after the or the day the data slate dropped uh our social media guy max was asked for team canada was asking for hot takes and i said that votan will win their first gt of the of the edition they won their first gt of the edition this weekend hell yeah oh i'm looking forward to the data report so much i just feel like hey look all these factions that literally hadn't won an event yet have won a tournament guys <laughs> we're so proud of them all um it's gonna be great i'm like, really looking forward to that. and even gsc like yeah they only had seven players so like yeah but they had a 50 percent win rate Good. I think GSC are fun now. GSC seem a lot of fun. GSC seem like a lot of fun. If I wasn't loaning them to someone for LGT, I would definitely be considering them myself. So oh, yeah, like say again, preliminary data early on. See what happens. But things look a lot better. Things do look promising. Eldaria, they Climb probably still too strong. You get to think about orcs. Orcs, they seem great. I mean, on a personal level, I feel like everybody knows my feelings about works, but as an army, I think they're really solid right now. <laughs> uh, I think they have good play. Um, I saw them in play this past week or the the weekend prior, uh, and they seem to perform fairly well. They still um, have that whole like existential problem with Eldar thing, but other than that, a lot of armies uh, still do. And I mean, ones. every army still has that. So let's you know, like Simmer, right? <laughs> Simmer done. Yeah, Eldar existentially removed 99% of armies from the game. But once you get past that, like, orcs are pretty cool. Orcs have got a lot of play. you got a lot of cool dynamics. The trucks and trucks and tracks and squig hogs and zograds and blip poppers and smill snock. I don't know orc names. Um, all that stuff is great. It all all plays really well. <laughs> uh, Modrog's one of the best data sheets in the game. Like, he's unironically really solid. Like, I don't know. He, I don't know what he is just a hunk of flesh that you throw at your opponent. He sure doesn't die that fast. No, no, he does not. Um, trying to think what I've seen chew through him and nothing. He, I mean, I killed him with ten desolation wings with oath, but like that doesn't really count. So it's not a thing yeah, anymore. That doesn't really count. 
Ben says obligatory what arc, I think is how it's pronounced for Ben now. Um, or like Warathgard or something like that. I don't know. There's yeah, no, something about for the cane. You're, you're missing you're missing half your statement, Ben. Um like obligatory war fate dice or Kane Shrek makes Mosrog sad. Yeah, that sounds like the kind of, Yeah, I feel like when you point a 460 point big knight at something that costs like sub 200, it's meant to die. I don't know if that's like a, a like a strange thing to say, but um, yeah, my wraith cannon wraith cards dumped on Mosrock. Yeah, sure, but that's Eldar. Yeah, Eldar players don't interact. I'm sorry, this chat is not for you. <laughs> um, this chat is not a place of honor for Eldar players. Please, um, but they didn't win anything your, this weekend. So please contain yourselves to just winning most of your games, not also trying to win this chat. <laughs> oh, dark wall leaper. Yeah, there you, there you go. There you go, Ben. There you go, Brian. Perfect, Brian. That's that's uh that's gonna be your shirt nickname for whichever team you play for this year. <laughs> whichever team, how? Hey, uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll take some mercs, Brian. You feel like playing for uh, a second seed team instead of a third seed team? Well, he's gonna go play for Team England, haven't you heard? <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. No, that's you that's playing for Team England. No, Brian's moving to England. Anyway, <laughs> if they let him in. Uh, Dead true. Um, also, we're a second C team. What are you on about? <laughs> like, why are you insulting us when you're also a second C team? Like, cool. I was waiting for you to you're miss that. Yet. No, no, because I did that. It's what I did in the in the draft, isn't it? I put that. It is what you three. did. In the draft. <laughs> why? Why is this wrong? Because I put my team in the wrong pool. Because um, yep. we were pool three the year before. All right, we are vastly off topic let's return a little bit to stats uh there isn't anything there isn't too much else to look at um oh and by the way those two space marine wins one was dark angels running um not your list but your list which was the uh triple ballistas with the deathwing knights and the redeemer to be fair that list is cool as hell and i'm really glad that someone else is playing triple ballistas because i'm really yeah. looking forward to playing that in the invitational yeah, didn't have the um, the loan op lieutenant, but I still liked it. And to be fair, if that guy's just cool. I don't think you need him. I just want an extra loan op. So, yeah, having the loan up and the extra wound rolls is nice, especially with. I guess that we have to see that that data sheet doesn't change with the new marine decks. Um, yeah, and then the other one was just an ultramarines Gilliman castle. So, it's not space marines. Yeah. Guard, guard with delusions of grandeur. Uh, yeah, uh, guard had a weird weekend. They had a forty-seven percent win rate, but couldn't top four. Yeah, that sounds like guard. They sure do three-two well. Um. Uh, Chaos Knights won an event as well. Oh, that's and good. Then... I think one won before. I think like that might be their first event win. Uh, I don't know. I can check real quick. CSM also won an event. That's less surprising. I think CSM are really good right now. So uh, that was Chaos Knight's second event win of the second. edition. Oh, I'm I, just at the, I just looked at the whole edition again and saw the 51 event wins for Eldari and kind of threw up in my mouth a little. Yeah, bit. look. So here's a here's a challenge question for the chat. Okay, Eldar oh. are currently at two months into the edition, sitting at 51 event wins. By the end of 10th edition. How many other factions do you think will hit 50 event wins? 
assume let, let's just there let's are. just lay some ground rules. Okay, assume the event go, the edition goes for another thirty three months. Assuming the the edition lasts until for the standard three ish years, yeah. How how many factions total hit fifty event wins, not including Eldar? Space Marines together, Space Marines separate. And Space Marines together. I I reckon Space Marines will hit it. The next broken thing will hit it, and one other will. I think three plus Eldar. I think the next broken thing will have enough time, and then I think Space Marines will have an addition to do it. And then, because Space Marines will always just be fairly, like, they will win events. I think GSC maybe uh, is maybe a fifth. So I think, I don't think four or five, including. I think GSC have got a solid, like, foundation of, like, already having, like, 14 or 15, like, three months in, right? Uh, that's a good point, actually. GSC are at 14 so far, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was a really, really good guess. Um, I was going to say, that was really bang on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Kelly so, Hosting, what if Warhammer explodes in popularity and everyone gets 50 wins? You know what? I'll be real well, happy be with cool. that. Be, well, I'll, I'll also be, okay be real sad, because that means checking like a thousand lists every week. Well, yeah, but if the game explodes to the, popular, to the point where we have like 10 times as many people, that's 10 times as many viewers, baby. <laughs> True. Um. So yeah, I think GSE will do it, Marines will do it, one other broken faction will do it. Eldar will have it. So I think four. Four is my call, including Eldar. So three more. Yeah, I'd say that sounds about right. And I think Eldar will hit another 50. I think Eldar will hit 100. And that, I really hope that's not the case. <laughs> no, Ennis, you won't get 10 times better. I don't have to get 10 <laughs> times better. Like, you're the one that needs to get 10 times better, are you? So... Oh boy! Right, let's move on from the stats because that may be depressed. Uh, yeah. I think it's a good question, but I think it's a depressing question. Um, I think Tau will do it. That's a. I think Tau could do it. Yeah, I think Tau have that kind of thing where like they could just be broken. But I think whatever the best book of the December or like the winter books is, like the Admech Necron, it's like Admech Necrons, Dark Angels, like that set. Whatever the and best orcs. book of that set is, will hit fifty, and nothing else will because they won't have time after that. Hmm, that's probably a good point because they're the interesting thing so far is I guess we can just move into the general discussion at this point. Yeah, we're uh, already on that. I asked a very broad question that wasn't related to stats. I feel like we, <laughs> we left we left the stats ballpark behind so I can be involved in the conversation a little more again. Uh, um so I guess talk about what we just saw about, about Marines. I have barely read it. Like I kind of so, saw a bit. Okay, but... so to, to catch anyone else up, and I guess to catch Innis up at the same time, uh, Warcom made an announcement, had a, had their announcement post. I think it was on Monday. Yeah, yesterday, because today is Tuesday. Also, thanks, I can, John, for the I, super chat. Yes, John, thank you very if much you for the super sure chat. want to make sure you get your question asked on the stream and the questions asked at the end, do put in a super chat. We will 100% ask it. Otherwise, you're bold, we're bold with the time limitations. But thank yeah. you to John for just sending sending words. Um, but yeah, so... They put to, they put out the first preview article for the Marine Codex, which means it's coming sometime in the next few weeks. Don't know exactly when. We know it's not going to be up for pre-order this week. Maybe it's up for pre-order next week. Um, but the first preview article went up, and in the very first line was that Osub Moment is changing. Uh, and that Osub Moment is now only going to be full rerolls to hit against the Oath of Moment target. Um, which is... A pretty Fucking big change. terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't know if everybody's noticed, but the ballistic skill value on a marine data sheet is usually three, which means that you're getting like not a ton out of it. You get an extra, you know, 0.6 hits per like three shots or whatever. Stupid. It's not a ton. Yeah, it's something like a eight percent improvement yeah. in 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 hit rate. It's not you get it's not you get two extra hits per nine shots. That's the easiest way to phrase it, right? Like, yeah. it's good. It's a very very reasonable increase in damage. But the wound whirl usually a lot more fours and fives in there, where the full rerolls is just ex just significantly more impactful. Removing the wound reroll means that stuff like you know, um, and I mean, to, not to put a final point on some of the stuff that is it broadly is been busted in the edition is because of all the moment uh, desolation marines aggressors, um, stern guard. Deathwing Knights, um, a lot of the volume on things like Hellblasters comes from being able to turbocharge that wound roll. Um, yeah. Is that problematic? Yeah, it kind of... I hate the way... It skews the math on a lot play. of units. I, I think it makes, it makes Marines play real terrible because Marines have this really cool thing where one thing a turn is real, real, real dead. And then the second unit, you feel like you are punching with a wet pillow. And it's like, I don't do any damage except to my one old target unless I have like exceptionally the right profile like deathwing knights will punch plague bearers to death but the second you will like you could ask them to kill canis rex one turn with oath and then if you ask them to kill an armager the next turn they'll bounce off it and it leads to units feeling really really awkward and not in a very fun way i would rather they just kind of like toned the damage out of the moment put it into things and made things a little more expensive and just have the units be better on the face because that's marines what should be right you marines shouldn't be the like i hate when marines put like a horde army Marines should play like a cool army where like units are elite and they do their job. And then like you have oath to make them do like a little bit more like against a specific thing, right? Where you can be like, hey, if you want to like you got lethal hits or you want to like make sure that you're, you know, you finish off a thing with your Star Guard instead of like leaving it instead of it being alive because you only shot up your eradicators. That's what oath should be for. Oath shouldn't be the, the only way you do damage. And that's what it feels like right now. Oath feels like when you play Space Marines now, you kind of treat oath like an extra unit that you fire is kind of how I try to think about it rather than thinking of it as a buff. It's a it's a resource that I allocate to a unit to make sure it does its job more than mm -hmm. I. It's a, like an army-wide buff. And that's not very fun. And it's not what I want it to be. So I'm kind of glad that there's only some of the power about it because I don't know how much people have um, like heard of the concept of a power budget, but it comes from like, you know, standard game design stuff is that an army has a certain amount of power that it can have access to. And the more powerful one part of it is, the less power other bits have to be. It's why if you have like a really powerful detachment rule, and a really powerful data sheet rule, then you probably can't have a really great like um, detachment ability, right? Like you kind of have to like find some of that area where some of it's going to be weaker. So you might see like Tyranids have Shadow and Lord Synapse, which are okay, but they have really good detachment abilities with like um, Vanguard on Vanguard onslaught and stuff like that. So you know they have their power budget is in the detachments rather than in the army. Whereas then you have something like Space Marines with Ultra Moment, where Ultra Moment is so wildly powerful that everything else kind of has to be toned down around it because you have to keep everything reasonably equal to each other. Pulling some of the power out of the moment means you can put some of that back into the data sheets. And marine data sheets are fucking shit. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> because quite bad. So every marine question. data sheet makes me depressed. They all suck. Here's a fun question then. Say you're wounding something on fours. Mm -hmm. Old Oath versus New Oath. How much of damage do you lose? Percentage. Uh, you lose 30, You lose a third of your damage, I bet. A little bit more than that, but yeah. Yeah, it's like 33%, right? Because you should be, yeah. you go from wounding, I mean, you you hit the same amount, so that's equal out, but then you're wounding on fours, you should wound 75% of the time, you're wounding on 
Forge rule or 50% and then 75%. So it should be 75% dropping to 50%. You should lose literally a third of your damage. Yep. Yeah. Um, or the other way around, like, ult is a 50% damage increase on winning on force. Um, Correct. Yeah. Or old ult is to new ult. So, and then if you're winning on fives, it's even more significant. If you're winning on sixes, it's even more significant. So a lot of the, like, low power stuff, like Desolation Marines and... Yeah, if you're winning on sixes, it doubles your output very yeah. close to. Not quite, but very close to. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, Alex, we just went through it. It's exactly a one-third decrease. Um, yeah. Similarly, winning on threes and twos, it's less impactful again obviously but... it's still impactful but it's it's not as impact it, yeah. like it's not as big of a deal uh because this is something that came up in discussion yesterday in stat check we were going through it, it was just like well what happens if you then just give the unit lethal with new both yeah and uh, i mean like and that recovers most decent. of it yeah but it also makes you run a character that gives lethal hits which means that like for example deathwing knights if you want to give them lethal hits you have to run a deathwing strike master which means you can't run a deathwing ancient to give them plus one oc like which means that you're much more submission play and blah 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 impacts yeah, yeah you're susceptible to being battle shocked and losing your oc and all that jazz exactly so there's there's a lot of this could go wrong in a way that like i don't mind like don't get me wrong i think it's a good thing for the book as a whole it is going to represent a drastic change in exactly how you get to play space marines because you will have to a lot of the problem like with space marines is like you kind of have to build a list like how do i kill a unit that doesn't have ultimate moment on it right now um and then you go through it and you're like well i guess i run like ballista strikers with full rerolls or i run um the like the full um harmacist uh, apothecary biologist combo with like lethal hits and sustained hits and like you can get it on but that's still better with oath but it can work outside it or yeah. land raider redeemers the all hit like you try to remove as much of the variance as you can to try and have some consistency either you use grenade strat or whatever or you run gulliman or tome of ectoclades to double up on your oath once per game or every turn and that's how you try to find that consistency and pulling that away is just going to hurt the faction in a way that it's See, really hard question, to actually. overstate but you asked you you mentioned Tome and Gilliman. What if both of them get changed similarly? Uh, I would assume they're both just well, Tome is literally you just pick two old targets, so Tome doesn't change. Does it? I thought I was yeah. checking the wording the other day and it actually is like you rule. No, so Gulliman is you pick a sec. Gulliman is pick a unit. If you've killed your old target, you get a second one. One of them is like that, and then I believe I think Tome they is both just, just specify wound hit and wound rerolls afterwards. See now I have to go and read this. All right, you look up Gilliman, I'll look up Tome. And we'll oh, no, okay. so, Tome of the Ectoclades is pick a second enemy unit and then it uses the ult wording. Um, so, so it says after you've wording, selected but it's an not actually use, as your, yeah, it says your after you've picked an enemy unit using the ultimate moment ability in your command phase, use this enhancement, uh, select a second enemy unit until the start you use you have hit and wound reroll, which means it technically wouldn't interact with Fury of the First, which is hilarious. I don't think that's ever come up once in a life, which is the plus one to hit against the old target the Terminators have. Um, I don't think anyone's ever paid attention to that or noticed it. Uh, I believe Gilliman then is just pick a second unit. If you've killed your first target, you get a second target. No, actually. Each time a friendly adept as a starting model makes an attack that targets the second enemy unit. You can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll the yeah, wound roll. But it still triggers at the same time as ultimate. So I would assume that they'll get broad wide they get broad spectrum updated, but there's literally no way to know, right? So maybe if Gilliman gives you the secret special reward that after you've killed the first one with just hit rerolls, you get wound rerolls on the second one. <laughs> yeah. Or because Which honestly would make Gullman feel a little cooler, but one of the things that you that you mentioned was the the fact that it doesn't interact with Fury of the First. What if it gives you a second oath of moment target? Yeah, um, there, there's lots of ways that you could like follow through on updating those things to make them more 
streamlined, right? That's really the, the word that you're getting at there is just making it simpler, making everything interact cleaner. Um, I don't think it's too difficult. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's cool. They previewed some new detectors as well. Um, I think one of them, was, I do briefly remember reading one of them, is like your all your guns gain assault and you get possible strike within 12, which is super cool. I think that's a really, really yep. cool way to like approach giving power back to like, you know, make the Marine, like if you're going to pull, pull power out of Marines not getting wound rerolls, cool, slap, give them um, some extra ability to actually wound. That's really cool. I actually really like that. Uh, the hilarious thing is that you can have a melter gun that's within 12 and not within 9 to not get metal benefit, but get the plus <laughs> get strength. Get the strength 10, hilarious. but not the plus the extra damage. Yeah. yeah. You bring your uh, um, you bring your eradicators and frustrators over and you're like, yeah, half my rules. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing that they mentioned was, so you get access to Armor of Contempt in every single detachment. Yep, which I think which you could, you could probably have guessed, given that based every on the fact that every other every non-codex marine detachment had it, it was probably clear that they were every all codex have marine it. detachment, chaos space marines, green X, and Votan have armor of contempt, and now also synaptic nexus. I don't think it's they're handing <laughs> that out like candy. You know what? If we're genuinely heading into the less lethal part of the edition now, I'm fine with everyone having access to AOC. He it's kind of weird, though, because once you make everything less lethal, if you also give everyone AOC, it turns into pillow punching, pillow punching know, pretty quick. Um, it's it is very funny when, someone, when, when, you, when someone asks you what the AP on a Deathwing Knight Mace is, and you say one. No, no, it's always two. Like, <laughs> No, it's it's quite funny. Uh, I'm glad cover doesn't work in combat. <laughs> Heavy cover. <laughs> that heavy cover is still for anybody. Um, heavy cover last edition was a rule that I think I never played on. That was a terrain piece could have heavy cover, which was um, plus one save in melee instead of in combat or instead of in shooting. And the number of people who would ask, like in early tournaments, is there any heavy cover on the board? And you're like, no, we're not running fuel pipes and barricades, guys. Really sorry. My um, favorite part about heavy day, cover was at the beginning of ninth edition. Yep. They worded it wrong that the charging model got heavy cover and the defending model didn't get. And you're like, yep. But no. the most important thing is to this day, the heavy cover rules is the um like group chat photo for the stat check backstage. Uh, is the is a screenshot of the heavy cover rules. <laughs> um yeah. uh but yeah so they, they also previewed the first company task force uh with the detachment rule extremist level threat which literally gives you back your wound rerolls against game, your oath moment target for one what battle round shit rule i'm oh, sorry in your command phase until your next year's starting excellent well, i guess if you have gilliman and he gives you two oath moment targets then you get full rerolls to wound against those if he gives you two oath moments and not just pick a second unit to get rerolls against who knows? Yeah, um, Chris Jack, but AOC is not a battle tactic strat for GK for some reason. Consider that a good thing because I think that look, you only have one source of free strats in that book. Look, CSM pay two CP for theirs, so like chill, it's okay. <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> yep. Uh yeah, and then they previewed. Um, yeah, and then they that that one also has like there was also like the that wasn't just me, was it? Someone in chat, let me know if I lost. If it was just me that lost in us. I'm oh. back. I hope. Oh, he's back. Yep. All right, we got you. Cool. Sorry, guys. Like I said, mobile internet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they previewed the uh, one of the one of the enhancements for the for the first company detachment, uh, Iron Resolve. Uh, Bear has a five up field of pain, and then once per battle. After the unit is targeted, you can give until the end of the phase. Everyone in his unit has a five-up field of pain, 
So what uh, that does mean, when you get charged by the in-car and the epic challenges like your cat terminator captain and a deathwing knight squad, you can have him have a five up field of pain and slam minus one damage on him. So he's minus two damage, and the in-card will only kill him twice over, not three times over. Uh, <laughs> and then teleport out of combat with you not getting hit back. Um yeah, yeah. But no, uh so they they show so they showcased the firestorm assault Wars. they didn't sh put it in the article but they did put it in the video they previewed another stratagem and this one i had a huge chuckle at um someone snapshotted it Isn't somewhere the transport one yeah so quite simply you, you you use it on one of your transports after it's been shot at one unit embarked in that transport can then disembark and shoot at the enemy unit that just shot at its transport it's never ever I know what everybody's thinking, guys. It's never going to happen. It's never going to come up. The second you tell your opponent you have that, your transport's getting nuked from a billion inches away or killed in combat. Just, like, don't. It's not happening. You, yeah, I know, I know like what you're thinking. Burning I know what you're all thinking. And it's like, you're going to, I'm going to get my addresses out. And I'm, no, you're not. You're never going to get to do that. Because remember, I know you, you have I know to you target the transport with the stratagem, which you can't target a, a destroyed unit. Look, look guys. Think about all the all the times that people told you that they were going to run hell blasters inside an impulsor and drive the hell blaster around firing at the top of it to kill their impulsor, and you've never seen anyone pull that off, and you know you haven't. So don't lie to me and tell me that you think this transport stratagem is actually going to work. All it does it's it's, it's the Nurgle strat for your Rhino in Space Marines, where you just get to say you're not going to shoot this, are you? And they're going to go no, and you're going to go I know you're not, and then you're going to get out of it. And you're going to die on Overwatch like a good little Marine player. Uh, uh um can they reembark afterward are they just out there and target with next student they're just out what necron strat are we asking about brian you can target a destroyed unit with those strategies because they say you can target a destroyed unit specifically yeah normally you cannot which is why you can't shoot on death with an annihilation barge everybody mocks anthony for not being able to read but i'm convinced brian just actually can't um <laughs> pray for the marine player to assume the transfer will survive a turn of bright lances Exactly. Land Raider might? Bright Lancers should be AP2. Like, why are they no, AP1. AP1? AP1 and D6 plus D6 minus one damage. I think LR player, like, they're, they're so bright, you should be able to see them and dodge them. You should be minus one to, you should get like minus three to hit with them or something. Um, seen almost zero, uh, Valentin Pachankov, uh, seen almost zero GSC this weekend with other armies become more horde than them. Do we have a shot at being mid tier? GC are great. People just yeah, I think they're I think they're through. in a fine spot. GC have like, this cool this cool thing though, where if you try to play them now after having played them before, I bet they feel like shit to play. <laughs> Bright lances, she can't. Yeah, no. Bright lances, she just reduced her armor safe armor armor value to twelve, like they did. Just, they should just change all toughness values to twelve when you shoot a bright lance at the target, um, just like the monolith used to. Uh, models the monolith can be wounded on fives. Yeah, and then Gauss comes back. I mean, Gauss kind of did come back. Like, doesn't every gun on that army have lethal heads now, basically? Uh, yeah, it does. That still doesn't help their shooting. It still doesn't. It doesn't hurt, man. I don't know if you've ever been shot by like three squads next to Luminar Saras. It's not fun. Oh but... yeah, next to Zeras, that's. It's not pleasant. Like, damage builds up. Um... But yeah, that's way at you. Not, not all of us can play armies that are immune to damage, like Necrons and Grey Knights, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, everything at Brightline should, should, should actually count as toughness 12. I think that's a fair... I think I agree with Brian on that one. Um, right. Do we want to move on to me quickly doing the plugs and then jump into questions? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. I have a really, really, really scuffed notes for the... It's literally just like five words on a bit of paper for this for this week because I ain't doing prep. Um, I didn't know I was going to be here today. So, <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us so far for episode 61 of Stat Check, New Meta Who Dis. We are absolutely, absolutely overjoyed at having 95 people watching us live on the live stream, which you can find at youtube.com slash stat check at 11 p.m. every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, various other times across the globe that I'm not doing the math for. You can like add a, add a, add a few to that. It's not complicated, but it's more than I can handle at 12 o'clock at night. But you can also find all our back vods, all of the bonus content, X and 1 and the Matrix are also available on the YouTube channel. Anything that you're looking for from StatCheck, you can probably find it either there or on the website, which is stat-check.com. Uh, whether you're looking for things like the metadata dashboard, the coaching from myself and myself and Typhus, or all of our articles and all that kind of stuff, you can find that on the website. Links are in the YouTube channel in the description, all that kind of thing. Uh, X and 1 and the Matrix are the other two shows on the network. Last week was an X and 1 week. X and 1 went through the Nova Open uh, and, their time, and uh, Tim's time there. Um, Tim ended up playing Chaos Knights. I believe he went five and three, which was super respectable. Um, and then this week should be an excellent, should be an end of the Matrix week, which will be Nathan and other Nathan, new Nathan, Nathan Roberts and Typhus. It's going to be, it's never going to not be confusing. Uh, and Typhus, who will be covering something else about the WTC, and that should be live Wednesday at some point or in your podcast feeds whenever. All the shows should be are generally available in podcast a couple of days after the main show at the latest. Uh, X, X and one and then the matrix can be a little bit longer just based on their schedules. Um, but please do check that out. They're both great resources and very much worth your time. Please do check out our, our main sponsors, which is red-dragon.ca. Uh, they are our primary sponsor for uh, everything from dice and objectives to discount codes for our patrons, um, all that kind of thing. They're also Jeremy's local store. Highly recommend you support them. Dan is a wonderful, wonderful human being who does a ton for us. We'll be cashing out um, the, the recent live check league through in store credit for uh, the Red Dragon as well. Um, and if you're a Patreon member, you'll be able to get 15% off through the link, uh, which you can get when you sign up for the Patreon. The other, the other main sponsor we have is Saltar Games. Please check out Saltar Games on Etsy. Uh, they do a bunch of tokens and measuring gauges and all that kind of thing. I believe they are currently in the process of launching the black edition of all that stuff. So it's instead of being clear, it's got black. I will bring some over to um, to Cali or Atlanta, Jeremy, I promise. That sounds yeah. real nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're really cool. Um, so they've got like black like black vinyl backs and stuff like that. They're much easier to see on a table as well. Um, so check out Saltar Games for all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just on Etsy. If you just go into it, I believe it's just uh, Etsy.com slash Saltar. Link is Etsy. in the show Yeah, it's in the, it's in the show notes. I, Etsy links are a pain in the backside. They're like way too long. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we do also have our Patreon, patreon.com slash StatCheck. $5 a month gets you access to all of the behind-the-scenes bonus content that we do, uh, or mostly access to the Discord where you can ask us questions, interact with us, see the list we're playing against, and also chat with one of the coolest and highest-level communities going in 40k. Uh, it's a really awesome community full of really, really awesome people who do so much work for the community and are so willing to like be eager and active and interact. Uh, people from all across the globe, wherever you are in the world, there's probably somebody that is at least in the same region as you, who you can bounce ideas off of, if you find out about tournaments from, all that kind of thing. Uh, also, 50 is a discount code to Red Dragon. So if you're going to spend any money at Red Dragon, just come to us first. I promise you, it'll save you some yep, cash, yep. even if you're only there once. Yeah. Sign up for us for one month, get your code. And if you're spending, I think the math is 15% off, $15. I can't do that. It's not a lot. <laughs> no. It's like, if you spend $100, you save 15 So already you're up 10 so. Exactly. Yeah. It's been that, 30, as as 35 bucks. 35 bucks. Buy one box, you're cheaper coming to us first. 
There you go. Um, <laughs> the last thing that we got to shout out is the California Cup. That is CaliforniaCup40k.com. We are going to be there. We are doing coverage through StatCheck. Anthony and I are running classes on the Thursday night. All the details for that are also in the show notes, I believe. Um, but CaliforniaCup40k.com, it is an event in San Diego. We're going to be there. If you are in the San Diego region or going to that event, please do check out the classes. Anthony and I are going to be running some really awesome things, going through things like uh, how to do threat assessment and how to deploy for your opponent's army. And then we're going to be running people through actual speed games of 40k and talking to them and like interacting and seeing how you guys are, seeing how the people in the class are doing with just playing 40k under pressure because you can't replicate a tournament environment we're going to do the best we can to implement that kind of stress into a two-hour session so please do check that out we would love to see you guys there if you're at the event come say hi even if you don't even if you're not coming to one of the classes but we would really love to see it it's uh the first in us doing this kind of thing for 40k uh it's a big jump for us it's very very different from what we've been doing beforehand and we would love to continue doing this in the future and if we can make this one a success it'll be great for us in terms of being able to show that to people going forward and doing it more, bringing it to other events, bringing it to a bunch of other places because we'd love to do it. With that, though, I'm going to stop shilling things because it always makes me uncomfortable incredibly deeply. Uh, I am not good at this, but thank you, everybody, for listening, and we're going to get on with the rest of the show where we're going to jump into questions. Questions, as always, are going live from the Discord first. We'll be pulling all the questions out of our Discord server, uh, and then we'll come back to the chat if we've got some time at the end. If you're not on the Discord, you do want to support the show in any way, please do chuck in a super chat and we will definitely get to your question. Otherwise, you risk getting missed and we will do our best to come back and answer any questions that, we're, that we saw, right? especially any that are interesting. Um, but we can't promise because, unfortunately, we do only have a certain amount of time because I, I need to sleep occasionally. I know it doesn't sound like it, um, <laughs> especially the way the way I'm talking right now. But occasionally, it helps if I sleep and Ahsoka, the new episode out tomorrow, and I'd like to wake up early enough to watch that so like we're gonna we gotta work together on this guys like you gotta you gotta you gotta gotta give me something on this one day my internet will come back as well um my phone is so warm right now Um, (laughs) (laughs) i can't imagine why no it's probably not probably not good for it all right i'll pull up the show questions just to save you the, the hassle um all right so was anyone posted the wrong area uh nope perfect all right, um, we'll skip that one because it's a question for Nathan. Um, all right, so that one guy, John, asks, so how is the meta? Anyway, you see it adapting, you didn't expect, and then what is next for GSC, Innis, and what is next for Admech, Jeremy? Let's start with uh, how's the meta. I mean, we talked about in stats, promising? Eldar is still way too good. Like, Yeah, for sure. But... Good. Um, but other than that, everything feels pretty chill. I've had the pleasure of playing into Votan now, but if you can go for the Grey Knights... I've played into Tau. Like, there's been, I'm generally enjoying the game a lot more. Uh, Nids have debuted and I think are fairly reasonable. They don't seem ridiculous. They don't seem underpowered. Like, you can play Nids and be fine with them. And I think that's exactly where they should have been debuted into. The index was a pretty reasonable power level. It wasn't broken. It wasn't incredible. Biowars are still salt tier inducing bullshit. And I love it. Uh, but at least you only get to run one now. Can't complain. I've definitely I played a few practice games this weekend against Francois with uh, running some new nid lists, and I mastered the art of nine inch screening my deployment zone again. Even I had infiltrators in one list, and I was like, "So I can't just use these, can I?" It's like, "Nope," because they're not reinforcements. They are new unit. They're the only instance of new units being made during the game that I'm aware of. Yep, they uh, are the only instance that ignores things like Omni Scramblers and uh, the Clamavus and all that. It's just like, it's, huh? So it just goes there, okay. Great. How are you going to stop it just like falling out the sky? Like it's not like <laughs> it's dropping, man. Like it's not like I don't have a bolt rifle that I can train on it. 
no, look, look. So during the shooting phase, Overwatch is very clearly only for units that moved, um, not units that, like, would you just, like, take random pot shots at the helium balloon that happened to be floating by your battlefield? No. So, well, watch yourself. you're not American, so. That is true. Neither are you, though, so maybe we should both not go down <laughs> No, but slide. on their hat, we had to deal with that weather balloon that they tried shooting down. <laughs> uh, yeah, echo the same. Uh, Tyranids look fine. Like they don't look like they're underpowered. They don't look like they're overpowered. I'm sure we'll start seeing them win GTs over the next few weeks as people oh, figure sure. things out. Um, there um, sure are a bunch of armies that can't handle three Norn emissaries. Uh, I'd be great if Norn emissaries killed anything. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like when you're like you play a sister's army and somebody just goes like Norn on all three of the middle objectives, like I'm not sure you have turns to kill that. I mean, you could just wrap them with 10 Arcophilagulants each and then put actual OC on the objective. Yeah, yeah but they're still fifth, but like they're punching you pretty hard through that time. So I don't know. Are they? They're, 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 they punch hard enough to hit Arcophilagulants. Chill. They're not that tanky. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're 13 point, 13 point tanky. They're not real tanky. GSE, <laughs> um, uh, what, what do you think, Dennis? The same shit that it always was, just with about 200 points less and a little less redundancy. Genuinely, just play the same list. Probably don't run Aberrants. They kind of suck. And you're going to be not far off. Um, GSC are still really good. Uh, put a truck in so you can actually deliver the third squad of Echo Bombs, and you're probably going to have a good time. That's what Mycin's been doing, and I generally trust Mycin on GSC. Yeah, that's fair. What about uh, that? I'll be honest, I've been digging Votan lately. I haven't actually looked at my ad mech. Um, but that's just because the idea of getting my short kings out again is happy has me very happy. Right. The um, only time we played was when you were on your short kings, so yeah. And I screwed that one up nicely. That <laughs> wasn't your fault. You weren't winning that game anyway. No, but I did I could have gotten more points. Either way, it's it's fun to have them out out again. I took them out for a practice game uh, against Francois. Uh, Nid Horde Sunday morning, um, and we discovered that Votan can in fact table that art that list in about two and a half turns because yep. the Nids can't kill them, and, and you can't shooting. So, and, and you can turn off blast on one unit, but when I split fire across two units with sustain two against both of them, I don't think that's how math works. Like, surely it's yeah, yeah no, that seems pretty good. Um, no, I think Admech to, to actually answer the question though, uh, yeah. Admech kind of it's still a little untold. We're seeing a decent amount of stuff like Corpus Cari seem very solid. Um, mm -hmm. the Dune Run, the Scorpius Disintegrators are a very good data sheet. Breachers are obviously very powerful. I don't think you could go far wrong with starting with like 12 Breachers, a couple of Disintegrators, some Vanguard and Ranger squads to just like mix in, and then like Ken Corpus Cari in a boat, the Omni Sterilizer Manipulus, and then like some some smatterings of characters and then kind of from there it's that that's kind of like your core i want to mm -hmm. say there's like 12 to 1300 points and then from there there's a ton of diversity um i know alex angles also is one of the uh team australia guys was pretty high on uh, iron striders pre-changes i'm sure he'll still be jamming them uh, but he was also running more corpus Cari, the Cerberus raiders server sulfur hounds and the one of the two i think it's the flamer ones for the taraxi seem very solid they have a lot of good scoring rules um, Tactical Oblica is still a mental, very powerful rule that is very better next to Battle Line, and the Battle Line getting cheaper helped a ton with that. Omni yep. Sterilizer is a messed up ability, even though it doesn't do dev wounds now. It still nukes like half the units in the game for like a billion damage, which is great. Um, yeah, it turns out getting D6 plus 2 and infantry 2 plus flamer shots is good. Who would have guessed? 
Um, Hiding in a unit on top of that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's. Yeah. I think that they have decent potential, but I think a lot of it is same as before, just more of it. Which is always a problem for Adamek because but more of it is really hard when they're the most expensive army point point in the game that isn't GSC. Really I think honestly they're probably matching GSC now because of the point drops. Uh, probably because of the point, yeah, because now... Because GSC pay a ton for reward gear now that they didn't before. Before, I would have said it was GSC hands down, but I think I'd pick my attempt my top it. They now. might be about the same now on Neophytes versus Vanguard. I mean, Neophytes are, what, 90 for 10 now? Vanguard, yeah, Vanguard 90. So probably pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Either way, yeah, I, I, I think it'll just be more the same. Like, you'll probably still run two Breacher Bricks um, with the Dominuses to be like... We're hard to kill and we're going to kill you um but the as we kind of pointed out of the data slate like cheaper battle line means that you can activate a lot more of the battle line locked buffs that the army has um so we'll see. Like heavy and my and armor can have your deployment zone is not a bad rule yeah um the detachment ability sucks but and that's the thing if they get a decent if they get decent detachments outside of that one in their book come whenever they get theirs this fall winter i don't know i think it's like between like december and february yeah so sometime in the next few months maybe in time for lvo hopefully not i would i would not like maybe Siegler will come like out and actually learn. play an event i don't want to have to learn advec or update my advec my advec are still a seventh edition army like you know how expensive it would be for me to get them up to date <laughs> you just have the conclave <laughs> yeah i own a war convocation and six castle on robots like and five on a good crawlers that's all i got like i own nothing from the second wave so can we not have Advec be good? It makes me happy. Brian CP already for the OC2 Quinn detachment. Yeah, fucking OC, only if Brian, you only Brian, do things that have the Harlequin keyword. Brian OC3 and 2, mate. That's what it is. Uh. OC3 <laughs> All right. Uh, Dan F asks, any big plans on the horizons for stat check? Uh, I mean, the biggest one is Cali Cup because um, there's going to be four of us present there. We're doing actual coverage. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we're like a few of us are playing in it. A few of us are, are running commentary. We're going to have like an Airbnb for the weekend. We may, might do some stream content from there if we get the chance. Yeah. Uh, do so Nathan like, and I are going to be well. The plan. We're hoping that this all works out. Nathan and I are going to be there doing a stats desk, uh, similar to the coverage that he did with Contact Lost for uh, for the WTC, and then Anderson, Anthony are obviously going to be doing the masterclass and then playing in the event. Winning uh, the tournament. You better. We can't let Ben have everything on that coast. He can't just own the country. <laughs> like, <laughs> need to put him in his rightful spot. It's like, Ben, we're your captains. You can't win this one. <laughs> yeah. That's... Uh, and then I can't talk too much about it, but there is some stuff happening in the background with Team USA, Team Canada, and a few others um, that might be announced soon. We are always working on stuff in the background. There are the problem is there are eight of us, and almost all of us have like <laughs> things that we are always working on. Um, I am ostensibly working on a project that I've been working on with somebody for like three months now, and I just cannot find the time to actually make it happen. So there's like a bunch of stuff in the pipeline. It just kind of what comes out the pipeline first is anybody's guess, and we'll see what happens. Ben has accepted your challenge in this. Yeah, that's fine, Ben. Um, we can play for the we can play for the best room at your best room at your house for LVO. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. Me and Anthony can play for that. <laughs> and what if Ben wins? Uh, he doesn't have to put us up for LVO. I feel like that's not that's not a prize that he would want. No, I think that's for... a losing function because um, he wants to hang out with you guys. I don't know. We'll we'll have, we'll come up with something suitable, but I'm, I mean, we can offer whatever we want, right? It's not like it's going to happen. True. 
All right. <laughs> she said to Ben, who's very on form right now. <laughs> very much so. Uh, again, as much as I keep joking that Aldar didn't win anything this weekend, congratulations to Ben and the whole Charity Hammer crew for the work that they did last weekend. Uh, I think the total raised amount was around $47,000 US. Um, yeah, congratulations to everyone who participated in that. Congratulations to the crew who put on the event. And congratulations on Ben for going, I think it was 4-0 in the bracket because he got a buy round one. Yeah, because uh, it was and, weird. And well done to the stream for making Vanguard Onslaught look fucking awful and convincing me that I definitely don't need to play it anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, does that attachment look shit? Uh... I think Lennon's quote was, "You, I wouldn't pay a hundred points for these one Ryan's, and I'm paying three hundred for them." <laughs> Oh, that's pain. Logan the Blind Trooper asks, first, what's your favorite go-to spicy food? No, no, thank you. Pass. Actual spicy food? Hmm. That's a tough one. I'm also just not willing to accept willing to put like what I consider spicy food onto the internet. Nobody Isn't needs that white nobody bread? needs to be like, look, I'm not that bad. But <laughs> But nobody needs to know. Nobody needs if, to have, if have Ben to wins, know. Anthony has to spend three episodes not saying anything negative about the meta, and Innis must open each episode with a hearty wall. Look, there are limits. <laughs> to that checks or checks love has limits. Both of us. You know both neither of those are possibilities. <laughs> I am still technically due Seth uh one like a 24 hour period of me being positive about orcs that he has never cashed in. Um that I'm really still worried about. <laughs> he might cash it in at LVO if you show up. He was going to cash it in at last LVO and I shot the bed and didn't get on stream at any point. So he never <laughs> felt the need. So all right. Um go to spicy food. I don't like really spicy foods, but I do enjoy like an, an a nice like medium to hot curry. So uh probably like a nice pad thai. That's fair. Logan also asks, does the firstborn does the firestorm attack for Marines? I've read that as firstborn 100 percent Uh look wildly good or just okay. It looks very solid. It kind of depends on what the rest of it is and what you're giving up to have it. Assault is a very good buff, but also kind of imperceptible a lot of the time. I mean it's it basically to, like, gives you permanent devastator doctrine. Yeah, for sure. From the current Gladius detachment. Yeah, which is fine, but the fallback and shoot is definitely like it's definitely like it depends what other buffs you have access to. Does that detachment have access to fallback and shoot, for example? If it doesn't get start getting sketchy because getting close to your opponent with guns is great until you can't fire them anymore. So there's there's questions in there. I do yeah, like the idea of stuff like um like the bike cap like um black knights for example with the bike chaplain that can get assault and devastating wounds outside of just one proper game like things like that seems super interesting but again is any of that going to exist? We don't know. Ooh I got a fun one with that detachment because that's the salamanders themed one right? Yeah. Wonder if Flamestorm is back. Flamestorm like the um, oh, what was it called? Like the aggressor deity ability? No, 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 no. The, the um, mortal wounds, the mortal wound one. They were I seriously doubt that they would spend a stratagem slot on that, but I also feel like that's exactly what they'll do now. So, because I feel like Nid's got a few of those because they don't have access to grenade, but I don't really. I hope they don't put that in like a bunch of Nid, a bunch of Marine ones as well. That'd be really boring. Yeah, because salamanders in because I feel like they'll bring over a bunch of the stuff from like the salamanders supplement theme wise. Um, oh, I hope they bring back the the stratagem that like makes all your stuff bind you loan up, <laughs> just just like break the game, break the rules of the game. But what oh, if I use it on a loan up? 
Oh yeah, no. Like, yeah, just bring that back. It'll be great. You're gonna have a great Ooh, time. They also had the plus one to wound strat. Yes, they did. Just they remember, something had... sacrifice does still exist. It's just an unplayable army, so you don't have to figure out how it works. <laughs> Fair. All right. Uh, but yeah, looks decent. I, like we we saw one, two stratagems and an enhancement. The enhancement was trash. It was plus three strength on uh, characters, melee weapons. Hey, that's going to be great on the new jump pack captain with power fist, so that he can punch the incarn to death. It's going to be. Incredible. What if he has a thunder hammer? He doesn't. We've seen that this who doesn't have one. There's no way that guy gets a thunder hammer. Makes me sad. Um, Okay, Typhus should... asks, would you rather have your hands or feet doubled in size? Hands, obviously, so I could fire Desolation Marine dice. Like, I have tiny little woman hands, <laughs> and frankly, I cannot roll 4K dice enough. I need bigger uh, hands. So I already have enough trouble finding it. shoes. Hands it is. Yep. Would you rather have shark gills or a giraffe's neck? Um, Anthony would definitely take the giraffe's neck, so he'd be the height of a normal person. Um, I take the giraffe's neck so I could look on the I, I could look at the table from my opponent's perspective. Oh god, I was going to do something super off color, and I'm really glad I didn't say it. <laughs> and remind me to say it to you after. The, remind me to say it to you after the stream. Um, hey, the filter's working. No, I've made my, I've made myself laugh too much. I can't. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. I'll talk. Ben asks: pancakes or waffles? I was going to be super pretentious there, is that? Um, pancakes. Pancakes are better. Yeah, pancakes are so much better. Like, I do like a nice waffle, but I'm, like, when I went to school, we used to get, like, the really crap, like, canteen Like, they were, like, normal waffles. They were, like, super thick, but they just had, like, sugar, like, in them, like, lumps of sugar in them. And they put me off waffles, like, pretty severely. Oh, they sell those fairly frequently down in Europe. And I'm like, so. I, don't, I don't like that. It's not. Um, favorite way to eat a potato? Um, chips. Absolutely. That's, like, French fries chips. Um, but like a nice steak cut or crinkle cut or chippy shop chips, 100%. Poutine. Oh, you're so Canadian and I'm so Scottish. It's incredible. <laughs> you are just the stereotypes incarnate. It's great. All right. Ennis, what is your outlook for the LGT and the Invitational? You're playing in both, right? So I am playing in both. I'm playing in the Invitational for the fourth year. It would be really nice to make it better than the round of four this time. It's the farthest I've made it. Um, I've done round of four, round of four, round of 16. So last year I kind of shot the bed. Um, what are you bringing this year? I am playing ballistic, three ballistic dreadnoughts, a lander to redeemer full of aggressors, and 10 death knights, and like four units. It's just gun violence. I was like, let's bring America the list. Um, it's great. <laughs> so my, I went into the invitational. There's a little bit of, um, we all, we're all in separate pods. So there's three pods for the invitational. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a spiel on this because I don't know. I don't think I've talked about it on the show before. Um, so there's three pods for the LGT Invitational this year. There is the Pros pod, the Amateurs pod, and the Unconquerable pod. Uh, the Unconquerable pod is for people who've gone 5-0 in some of the UKDC majors so far this year. And that has a bunch of good players like Jake Wilstrop, um, Sam and Lewis Smith, and a few other people that are um, that you'll probably, and Will Whitaker, and a few other people that you'll probably recognize if you've been around the UKDC scene. They're like the people that do well, but you, I wouldn't consider them like household names necessarily, but they're like people you always expect to be off the top. And they, they got into the Unconquerable seed. There's the Amateur seed, which is for people who are just 40k players who are very good. That's got people like Josh Roberts, the England captain, Nassim Fushane, who is um, the winner of Adepticon last year, and a Team America player, Team England player, not Team America, sorry. Um, there's Malik Amon Rubio, who's uh, one of the Dice Down boys. Um, Dan Whitaker, who's another perennial uh, GT winner in the UK. Uh, and a few other people like that. Um, Patrick Mike from the uh, Team Poland is there as well. Um, so really, really solid group of people. Um, they have the only three other players in the tournament are all in that pod. 
because um, <laughs> the amateurs got someone to prove uh and then there's the pros group which is for people who have additional like basically you take revenue or like create content for 40k and i know that one by heart it's myself manny chima david gaylord so manny chima from Glasshammer, david gaylord from uh 40k fireside uh kyle grundy from pure type program tom loman from six plus plus paulie wallace from real space raiders uh james grover from goonhammer and Tomek from contact lost and we are the pros bracket i will i'm gonna be honest the pros bracket is on the whole weaker than the amateur bracket there are four people in there who i would consider top level tournament players and then three people who i would and then four people who i would say are good players but i would not like wouldn't bet on them to win a mate win a gt kind of thing right nothing nothing wrong with that but it does did mean that the level of our pod was a little lower than the other pod so we kind of looked at each other and went we're going to tone it down like a shrapnel shard so there's no elder on our pod um playing space marines david is playing necrons manny is playing chaos space marines uh, a curse occultist spam and carl grundy is playing tau um and Carl always plays tau and then we have a votan a drakari a necrons and a death guard are the other four in our pod so on the whole i would say it's a fairly fairly chill pod now the way it works is it's going to be the top each pod will play a round of eight in between itself. I believe those are going to be seeded. That should be happening next week somewhere. When that happens, I'll plug it on the show next week and in um, in Static Discord as well. I'll be like, hey, come and uh, come and um, like vote for me to be like top seed so I get the easiest round one matchup so I can actually make it to round, make it to the top cut this year. Uh, and then I'll end up playing Manny round two or something stupid like that and getting smashed anyway. Because um, it's always what happens. Um, so the top win, the winner of each group of eight will go through and so will the person who is two and one with the highest score they will then play two more they will then play a fourth game on the friday and then the winner of those two games will then play in the actual finals on the saturday night after playing three rounds of the main event um, so you can add another five games to your tournament experience by doing really well at this little 32 this little functionally 23 person 24 person gt so yeah i'm playing space Marines for that um, i'm really looking forward to that i'm not probably playing space Marines for the main event but I felt like it was an army that would be really good in a non-Eldar environment, which it seemed like it would be. And if I lose to Eldar in like the semifinals of the finals, like whatever, I wash my hands. I like fine by me. Um, did good enough. Um, so yeah, that's the LGT Invitational. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's actually probably a harder event to like. You know, it's going to be a significantly harder event to go three and all that than the main than the um the main yeah. event. Uh, it's probably not as hard but like pretty close to as hard to win as the main event generally because the, the level of player once you get past the first game is just nuts um there are so many good players in that tournament um and i would very much expect like traditionally the person who wins the invitational is like last year it was vic vj the year before that it was malakam and rubio uh vic made the semi-finals in the main event and malik won the main event the year before that uh, i believe the year before that it was conrad barkowitz um like it's just very consistently every year it is a murderer's role that wins the invitational and i would fully expect like if, if you're wanted if you're going to do well in the invitational you're probably going to do well in the main event um so very much i'm putting the effort into trying to do that but not doing it with eldar because i have standards in my life now for the main event i have no fucking clue because the problem with any event of that size is how do you in any way begin to plan for what meta or players you're going to play against you have to account for literally everything because you could play against literally anyone you could pull you know you could pull the best player in the tournament round one you know odds are you're not going to draw manny chima or um anthony vanilla or anybody else like that round one but somebody is and you are somebody <laughs> so yep. 
There ain't no way to know. Uh, last year, I pulled Nathaniel Bjorg, a very good Texan player, round one. He was playing a list that was very good into mine and a mission that was very good into mine, and I dropped the ball round one. Um, and I'm very much eager to not be repeating that performance, so I'm putting a ton of effort into making sure that I am fired up on point. I feel like I'm playing some of the best work I've played in my life at the moment, and I feel like it doesn't matter because I'm playing an Eldar meta, which is very difficult um, because you have you start getting into weird circular loops with yourself. Like, how do I play around Eldar when I can't be Eldar without playing Eldar? And then I, you kind of go back to, do I just buy an Eldar army? And then I'm like, no, I'm better than that. Uh, emotionally, not physically. I'm not better than Eldar. Nobody's better than Eldar. But <laughs> it's, it's really difficult. So I'm having a tough time with the main event and trying to do the whole thing where I will be unhappy with anything besides a top cut. But I also understand that if I play Eldar three times, it's not really, like, I can't really do anything about that. And I can do the best I can. I can try my hardest, but if that doesn't work and I lose to Eldar, like it's still the expected outcome, regardless of how good I am as a player. Assuming I play against other players who are playing competent lists and playing them well, yeah. like I, it's hard to really be like, I feel like I should win that game consistently because I shouldn't win that game consistently. And it's hard to come to a mental point where you're okay with that as somebody who has very high expectations for themselves. So I don't know. I'm having a tough time with LGT at the moment. I think I've just I've just ordered like 100 quid of stuff to like finish off my army and borrow a couple bits. So I think I'm I think I'm sorted, uh, and I'm fairly happy with where I've ended up at. But I don't know. I don't know for sure. And it's I, I won't know for sure until the day after the tournament. Brian asks, "What happens if you lose to Grey Knights round one?" Um, I've never lost to Grey Knights in round one before. Only round four. So I'm sure I'll be fine. We can ship Derek over if you want. <laughs> Look, unless I can rule real, look, I'm never gonna fire at something that I'm gonna overrun into again. Like it's just not going to happen. That thing's got seven wounds; it's getting no more than six shots, and then I then I would have been fine. So really, that's on me. I didn't lose to Grey Knights; I lost to myself. I can live with that. You played yourself. Congratulations. I, I sure did. Um, so right. yeah, crit happens. Yeah. All right. It's exciting. You're more look. When's uh, list lock for LGT? Yeah, I still can't wait. It's Sunday. So on Tuesday, we can talk about what you're bringing uh yeah 100 awesome all right uh autark ben asks what is one tournament you have not attended but want to go to while you're thinking i can answer this right away it's lgt um oh, i had so plans oh, i know i had plans to go this year uh had some things come up wasn't able to make the trip uh, i'm really sad that i'm not going to be there um I was really looking forward to hanging out and seeing everyone and also just experiencing the UKTC environment as well as because it was LGT. Um, uh, I hear, yes, Ice Hammer does sound like a great time. I do intend to go back to Iceland at some point. So uh, if uh, the next time my wife and I go there, I can schedule it around I the next Ice Hammer. That'd be amazing. All right. So I've got, got two that I'm two that I'm like confident on and one that I'm not sure about. Uh, I would love to do Capital City Bloodbath or Can Hammer Teams. Um, I think that either of those would be a really great experience. I would love to get it to Canada. I've not done it yet. And I think I'm going to try and make one of them happen. Uh, also, Nova, I think it just seems like a really cool event. It's in a cool place. Like I've not been, I've, like, I've not been to that coast of the US in a great amount of detail. And I think it would be really, really interesting to see. Um, the other one is, I've actually never been to a Warhammer World tournament, which I feel like is a thing that I should probably correct at some point. Yeah, you um, should. I've never played a tournament at Warhammer World, and I feel like I should probably do that at some point. Um, especially, like, all of the guys that are, like, the old guard of Team Scotland came up through traveling down to Nottingham to play in the Warhammer World tournament, so that sort of thing. And I think that's the thing I should do. Um, there's a few others, like, No Retreat would be super cool to do if I was better at hobbying, which is the one that uh, SM Battle Reports run in Gibraltar. 
um, or also just like one of their events in general. I would love to do an event in Germany at some point, like a proper one, because um, I used to live in Germany, but I've never played a tournament there because it like I moved away from Germany after I lived there. So there's, there's a bunch of things I would really love to do in 4K, and I'm still kind of like filling out pages in my check. I've done events in uh, Serbia. I've done events in Poland. I've done events in Croatia. Uh, I've done events in the Netherlands, Belgium. Um, and it, I just want to keep adding and doing more of those. I got an invite to go to the invitational in salzburg at the start of at the start of like june but it just the timings didn't work out um so that's another thing like there's there's so many events that are super cool to go to and one of the one of the really wonderful things about the the job and the things i'm able to do now is that i have so much opportunity and freedom to choose between these events to try and do the cool things and like i'll be back for alpine cup in austria in april and all that kind of thing so there's so many events if anybody knows of any really cool ones that uh, are like reasonable to get to i'm always open to hearing about them and always open to considering trying to travel out to things especially if there's like cool people there uh new zealand event when never i don't think you're on any of the maps alex like i don't think new zealand like i checked the, i checked the map and i couldn't find new zealand so <laughs> like i don't know i think it was on, i don't think it was on there um I would also love at some point to play in an actual Legion tournament because I have played a ton of that game and I love the models and I've not played it properly yet. I've only ever played Chris and Matty and I really feel like I should like try and do like an event for that. Uh, so I should probably, I might try and put some effort into doing that like in the new year. Nice. All right. Uh, Sam Lemon by Lemon. He asks, do you believe Warhammer can ever grow to become a fully fledged esport level of coverage and competitor? Why or why not? I think Warhammer is... franchise or Warhammer 40,000 the game. I think they mean Warhammer 40,000, the game. And maybe there's a possibility for it. The problem with Warhammer 40,000 is it's a pretty bad spectator game. Unless you are... It's a very bad spectator game when you are not engrossed in the game. It's it's very hard to pick yeah. up and play watching a, watching a game of Warhammer. You know, it's true of a lot of games, but, like, if you are not good at mortal kombat or street fighter or mario kart or fifa you can still watch the game and follow what's going yeah. on warhammer you are you're just not going to know you i i watch like competitive scrabble that are like you can follow that it's not difficult yep. the game is pretty self-explanatory you might not know the tricks the scoring and things like that but you don't need to know that to understand the game watching a three-hour game of 40k is a slog if you are not invested even if you are invested i struggle to watch 40k games a lot of the time yeah, and I will say well, that one of the big things that kind of makes a good stream game, so to speak, is when both players are on the same, are kind of on the same level and they're walking through and talking out loud what their decision process is on things. But you don't have that at most games. It's um, hard to do it in a tournament environment because a lot of things that make a good communicated game for a gameplay style do not make for a good community game for watching. And correct. there are a ton of really cool games out there from people who have played very high level games that are very personable and walk through a bunch of stuff they are still not easy to follow unless you have a level of investment yep. i think that there are games out there like underworlds or kill team or things like that that can that could get to that level if they were wider supported and like a version of 40k that could do the same could exist but i do not think it's the version that we currently play i also like i enjoy that 40k is an experience that takes a few hours to do like that's why i play the game mm -hmm. and i would worry that it would lose some of itself if you like chase too far down going that route and I, I think yeah that like if it became like, if, if 40k in 40 minutes became the standard way that you played a game in that a game took 40 minutes it wouldn't have the same level yeah. of attraction like me and nas can probably me. do that now but i think for most people uh, <laughs> for most people that's not what you're looking for you right? and nas can just play a best of three every round that you play yeah 
I've actually never played Nassim. So, like, outside of, like, I've played him on, like, TTS, but I've never actually played him in real life. Uh, and it's a continual source of, like, joy to me because I cannot imagine, like, do we finish before we start? Like, what happens there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he then asks, Stat Trek TTS Teams League, where the hosts draft players when? We are probably not doing... We are going to be hosting one. It will not be drafted players. I'm, I personally... I do not like setting a hard limit on there being at most eight teams. Uh, I think it's more fun if people can just play with their friends. And I would hate to not pick somebody and have them feel left out or bad about it, which for me means that I think it's probably better to just leave it off, allow people to do that. We will, it might be more fun to just have like the hosts play on a team together or something like that. So that ever, and then just like everybody gets a chance to play against us or something like that. I think that might be a better way to approach it, but we will have to have a chat about that. Um, that should be starting. Probably, I will start getting the the wheels moving on that after LGT. Um, but until that's happened, I am definitely leaving. Uh, leaving. A, we'll try to leave a couple like a month or so between the the TTS leagues. I think yeah. is probably the general way to approach it. Yeah, Ben, big FOMO feels in LGT. Maybe next year, both of us next year. Guys, uh, we will do our best to have as much content coming out of it as we can, especially post content coverage because it's much easier. But Anthony and I are staying in a are staying in a flat together with eleven other people or with nine other people. There should be plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah. All right. Gabe C asks, for someone chasing faction ELO ranking, would it be better to jam out a bunch of tourneys or focus on a few a year, but with more preparation? This is a good question. Um, I guess it's kind of the, 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 I would expand on this and ask you what exactly is your goal with chasing faction ELO ranking? If you're just looking to be the person that has the highest ELO that also played the most, you know, that played majority games in a certain faction. You should play a local GT with World Eater. You should play two local GTs with World Eater for every super major you win with Eldar. That will do the most for your ELO for World Eaters. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll remind people that in the fact in the, in the ELO system, both in the regular one as well as in the CRS, um, when it looks at what your main faction is, it just looks at how many games you've played with each faction and chooses the one that you've played the most games with, not necessarily what you've played the most recently with or anything like that. Um, it's... I don't really know if chasing the faction dealer ranking is a good approach to things. Um, my advice is I should just jam out a bunch of tourneys because you're going to get better by playing more tourney games. Um, because you say focus just, on a few a year, but with okay. more preparation, All you gotta do those GTs are going to be preparation for you. Win LGT, LVO, Nova, Adepticon. Just win them all with your faction. You will, like, you'll be fine. Or just, you know, don't lose a game in five little GTs. 25, game, 25 wins in a row should be, put you at the top of whatever you're aiming for. Probably. I've done yep. it. It's not that hard, guys. Just, just do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eric Kaltuschan asks: The changing meta has been really challenging for a lot of people, particularly the persistent Elder dominance. It feels like there's covering up some of the other cracks in Tenth Ed, such as Overwatch and the pretty broken melee changes. In light of these things, do you think David Gaylord had a nice honeymoon? Damn it! I'm sure that so, David Gaylord had David a lovely honeymoon. You can ask him yourself on the next Fireside episode. Look, all I'm saying is, David submitted his invitational list like the day after his wedding and you can tell so <laughs> we love you david take care love you, uh, congratulations once again uh dan f what is the 10th ed ruling on the dorn hole uh, it's where they store the damage from that shot they blanked uh, the the shot that they can't choose whether to blank it or not yeah yeah they, they store it in the dorn hole um yeah shoot yeah, it with the boulder the, first and then with the, the square no damage goes in the dorn hole <laughs> 
All right. And more seriously, Eloisa Will asks, with some data now, have the effects of the data slate underperformed, met, or exceeded your expectations? Uh, I would say they met because underperformed. But I wanted LR harder. Like just no, 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 no. Like for what the data slate did, did it have the effect that we expected? Oh, uh, yeah, more or less. It yeah, because like it Elder got hit, but not hard enough. Other things kind of shuffled around. Tau shot up faster than I thought they would. No, um, dude, everybody had a tower. I mean, waiting. Like, so like the tower units are the same units they've been using since fifth ed. Like I they know. all have them. I know. Couldn't you make they didn't like, even have to change the guns, motherfucker? I know. Couldn't you've made like missile pods good? Why couldn't it have been like flamers? So they at least have to come close to you. Yeah, and they did reduce the number of shots on the flamers. That would have been nice. I mean, to be fair, at least they still suck shit into night spinners. No, you can't advance. No, you can't advance. No, you can't advance. <laughs> Look, I'm, all I'm saying is if LR are holding down the time menace, I'm almost forgiving them. Not actually, but almost. We'll see. I don't think they are. Cool. That is all we have from Discord. So let's quickly jump over to chat and then we should probably get on with it. All right. Um, we already talked. We already answered Valentin's question about GSC. We are looking for other questions. Apparently, Ben is taking notes for steak dinner as to what you enjoy. Hell yeah. Um, do, 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 do. I think that's everything. Oh, um, how many games are currently recorded in this meta? It's a pretty small sample. Uh, I can tell you that right now it is uh, just shy of a thousand games. That's not so bad. Yeah, like it, it was 400 people this weekend. Um, two and a half times that in raw games. This typical EC with five rounds. There was, I think, one six round event this weekend. So just above that. Yeah, we should get uh, what about the same this weekend and then the weekend of LGT should like triple it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, LGT will have what they have a thousand people again or close. I heard it was like at least 700. So which is what it was last year. Last year was like 760. Yeah. Um, LGT last year. I, I talked about it in the show two weeks ago. LGT last year was the busiest weekend um, that I have ever seen. And that includes L two LVOs. So um, there's been a couple of weeks with like double super majors as well. Like there's usually there's been some weekends with the UK super major and an American one. It usually happens like a Decticon weekend with Manchester. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's been a few like that as well. But yeah, LGT and LVO are usually huge. But LVO has this thing where LVO sucks up everything else around it, whereas LGT is like just its own thing. So there's usually other things running the weekend of LGT, whereas LVO kind of doesn't really have that. Like there's a little bit, but not so much. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and I'm trying to think right now, FLG's next big event is SoCal, which is the end of October. God, imagine anybody who's doing SoCal, then Cali, then Atlanta. That's going to be a rough couple of weeks. Uh, well, it's the sorry, it's the third weekend of October. So you oh, would have two weeks off. Then actually, it would still be hell because it would be that, then Cali Cup, and then two weeks later, Atlanta. Well, yeah, I mean, my my my, my is currently I have like an RTT on the 15th of October. Then I have a GT on the 22nd that I'm crashing with Matty for. Then we have Battle of Britain, which is a England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland team event that, that weekend. Then the next weekend, I fly to Cali. Or like the like three days two days later I'll fly to Cali, then immediately after that I fly back to the back to the UK maybe do Coventry then fly back then fly back for Atlanta 
then fly back to Scotland, have a weekend off, then I'm running a team event. <laughs> <laughs> Your internal clock is going to have no idea what time zone you're in. Like, I already don't. So all I'm saying is yeah. if you guys see me on the show in that like six-week stretch, just expect to see me with just like bags under my eyes. Um, and that Apparently might those are trendy funny. now. So Yeah, something like that. Uh, all right, quick couple quick other questions. Eloizu, LGT is going to generate a couple thousand games. Yep. Uh, if it's around 700 players that Ennis was mentioning, uh, five rounds for everyone there, and then the top cut, right? Yeah, top should be top 16 to 30, something like that. Yeah, so the, the top cut will generate like an extra like 10 games. Um, it should be like well, 50 or so, right? Depending uh, on it'll be like 15 games, 16, maybe 8, 4, 2, people? 1. Oh, if it's 32, then yeah, it'll be 16, 8, 4, 2, 1. Yeah, because so there'll be a shadow run and stuff like that as well, right? So. so it'll be 31 games. Yeah. Uh, and then the main event will generate two and a half times 700. So uh, 1750. 1750, yeah. Yeah. So that'll be good. That'll be interesting. Um, that'll be our real big data set. Um, the real nice thing about UKTC is we know exactly what terrain's being used. Zach has been pretty good at responding to feedback for tenth. So, yeah, I played a bunch of the terrain. There's a one. One of the maps are just like an on like they're the board. Like if you go from like your deployment zone straight forward, if you like have a decent advance, you can like hit up like right up to touching the top in search destroy and see diagonally down into one of your opponent's home ruins. It's real sketch, and uh, yeah, uh, um, can hit it on an advance and shoot. Magistars uh, <laughs> can hit it. It's real rough if you get that hit, if you get that dropped on you. Per the poor per Chris's face when his death company just got exploded. Oh <laughs> no! Like, oh no! I was hoping. All right, and then uh, Richard Hag asks, "Do you expect? Do you think matchup spreads are even? Or are you expecting rock paper scissors to happen?" You haven't looked at it yet. You can actually look at the the meta dashboard right now to answer that. Um, to look at like how armies are doing into each other. I wouldn't do it right now because we have such a small amount of data. Yeah, the but, sample like, size is like four, so. Yeah, but like if I look at the meta match and I look at just kind of as a, a quick glance, it doesn't appear to be rock, paper, scissors. It does appear to be things have kind of normalized a fair bit. Uh, yeah, but again, the, the, the numbers are just so small. Like for most of the animals, even Eldari, it's 146 games. But then you break that down into the 20 factions they face off against. And the most common one is Grey Knights, which they've won 33% of their games into Grey Knights. Burn it's OP, man. I keep telling everybody. Um, just but they've won 67% is... of their games into Necron. All you have to do is mind control your opponent and Grey Knights are great. Uh... Apparently. Yeah, at, at this at this level, it's kind of hard to tell. In like, yeah, in three weeks after LGT, we'll have a real good idea of how this looks. Uh, will anything in this meta top toilet dice? Look, LGT is nothing if not a controversial tournament. Like every year, watch this space. <laughs> Something's gonna happen. We know like, something. Like I love LGT. I've been to every LGT. I've not missed an LGT since the first one I went to. It is never ever not a controversial tournament for one reason or another whether it was the advec planes whether it was uh water bottle gate whether it was you know it doesn't doesn't matter what it is there's always something um i am sure if nothing else anthony will be anthony will be on tmz 40k uh telling us all telling us all the juice we should definitely start. We should start a 4K gossip show that we just do behind the paywall. Oh, no. <laughs> just be like, hey, did you see what blah 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 was wearing at the tournament last week? 
No. Although if someone is interesting in 40k gossip, you should go check out Grim uh, After Dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our buddies over at Crim After Dark because they cover all that stuff in a great way. Uh, with troops and boats looking scary right now, how much do we welcome our new Harlequin overloads? Look, man, the set, I will believe troops and boats are scary when I see someone do well with them because I just ain't, you know, that, that I don't believe you. I mean, who was it that tormented? Oh, it was Liam Vessel that tormented Nass with those, right? Yeah, but look, Liam is a alien sent from the future to play Warhammer. <laughs> and um, I do not believe, like, he stores all of his power in the bit where his, like, inner chest should be, like... All, all like that that man is not human um he it was sent here designed to crush people and that is all i got then mike porter win an rtt with pure harlequins this weekend anyone can win an rtt mike porter could win a harlequin with a toothbrush like, pre-data slate we had a local win an rtt with world eaters exactly was that the guy that was scouting his landowner i remember that happening <laughs> Okay. See, we I know all the juicy gossip guys. All I'm saying, like you guys just need to crowdfund this. I'm telling you. Get on Indiegogo. I'm telling you, 40k drama show. It'll be behind the paywall. No one will ever know. It'll all be like sworn to secrecy type stuff. You'll have to put a password in and we'll chat all the shit. Um, I'll tell you that joke that I'm about to tell Jeremy when I'm off there. <laughs> no, because I'm right. gonna get All right, I think that's everything. Uh all right, Drocky, one last question, and then we'll head out. Are Hornets the primo anti-Necron no. techers that all the other players have been searching for? No. Nope. They're good, nope. but no. They're good. They're not anti-Necron tech. The bombing is okay. Right. Plugs. I have, I'm have. i going to read just the words I have right now. Coaching, X and 1. Enter the Matrix, Red Dragon, Saltar Games, Cali Cup, Patreon, and YouTube. Those things, they're in the description. Go and read them, or go back to the bit earlier where I plugged them properly. Please do check them out. We really appreciate it all. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us for episode 61 of Stat Check, New Matter Who Dis. We will hopefully be back for regular coverage next week. I do not believe we will have Anthony because Anthony will be in Scotland for some reason. Um, but Nathan and I and maybe Jer and probably Jeremy will be back next week. We'll be hopefully going through some of the LGT lists and some of the cool things on that, any cool innovations that we've seen as well as last week's and stats. Look forward to seeing you all next week. I'm going to let my phone chill out a little bit. Have a great cool weekend. Down. Good luck at any tournaments that you're at. Have a great time. Nate, Jeremy, do the bye-bye, I suppose. And bye -bye. I'll hit the brand buttons. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.